Hello, this is Maj Swedan from GeoInvesting. GeoInvesting was founded in 2007. We provide premium microcap and nanocap research to our premium subscribers. We stress quality in our research process. We are continually looking for what we call tier one quality microcaps. We believe this is the greatest opportunity for investors to find an edge in today's market environment. We love to share our research and our ideas with you. We've been doing it since 2007, and we're only getting started right now. Please visit us at geoinvesting.com to learn more about our performance and to become a premium member. Thank you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network and Mosway Don are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy, sell, short, cover securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value if we are long and fall if we are short. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Avoiding the Crowd podcast. I am uh, the show's producer, Robert Kraft. You can follow me on Twitter at Bobby K. Kraft, B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. I said that fast, Maj. Okay, I wanted to just get that out of the way. And uh, we're really excited to bring to you our, our latest episode of Avoiding the Crowd. It's been, it's been a little bit since we had an episode that came out, and uh, we figured now is a, a better time than ever to kind of do a little catch-up, you know, kind of do a summer rewind maybe talk a little bit about some investor misconception and dark stocks and a little bit about what's coming up on geo-investing in the coming weeks. So uh, as always, uh, joining us is your host, Maj Don from geoinvesting.com. Maj, what's up, dude? I, know, I was wondering what, what I'm going to do this. What am I going to tell him that he's pronounced my name wrong? This has been really, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about time now. <laughs> it's it's Dan. I, I, I was like, how long can I do this? I was I'm gonna have fun with Bobby Croft. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, you know what? I, I was I was pronouncing it the West Coast way, like the West Coast, like Mosh okay. Dawn, dude. I'm just you know? I, was, I was waiting you know, one year to do that because I wanted you to get some little, little play in it. I, yeah, I have yeah. noticed you do you say Maj Sway Dan, but I didn't know if that was just like a Philly thing. Like you're just like, oh, because of my Philly accent, it's way down. I don't you're know. Too, you know, you, 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 you're too classical. You're taking French, whatever it is, man. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, here, maybe Jan <laughs> can can uh, can pronounce it correct. By the way, also joining us is Jan Svenda, uh, contributor to geoinvesting.com. Jan, can, can you give us hey there, the right pronunciation? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get into this conversation. I'm just going <laughs> to stay out and let it. That's a ring open. I was, for, I was calling Jan. Jan for for a long time. I couldn't figure. Yeah, it out. well, yeah, or you can spell it with a Y as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a great thing. <laughs> so we're all a ball here, but yeah. So Jan's one of my analysts, and um, he, he I have him contributed to Geo once once in a while for us. Um, yeah. yeah. So look, it's been it's, it's been a long time since we chatted. So I thought let's let's have an episode here, get caught up a little bit. Let's do it, man. I mean, look, we're already past Labor Day. It's been a, a long summer. Uh, microcaps have had a little rough go of it. So, I mean, we'd love to do kind of like a, a summer rewind, 
right? You know, what maybe some reasons for why we are where we are in, in the microcap space and maybe what that means for potential new opportunities that maybe didn't come across the screen before. So, you know, Maj, you want to kick it off and, uh, and then Jan can jump in? Yeah, sure, man. And uh, look, I don't, I hate to analyze the market too much or analyze what's going on because I'm usually wrong. <laughs> but, you know, look, I, I will tell you that, yeah, it's been, you know, 2020 was a really good year for nano caps and micro caps. At 2021 started off really nice uh, the first couple months. And then it really went into like a little bit of a slow bleed, then a more of a um, last couple of months, more of a, a harder decline in, some, in, in the sector. And, you know, I don't know what's going on there necessarily, but it could be just a, such a great year in 20. Um, a lot of that stimulus money, maybe that was going in it in these stocks uh, from uh, a lot of newer investors that came into the market. Remember, there were 10 million more investors, like retail investors in the market in 2020. Maybe some of that kind of dried up a little bit, you know, and it affects the illiquid stocks more than it does big stocks. And the large caps still doing really well, right? The major indexes and stuff. Um, but these micros are a lot very illiquid and just a little bit of selling probably can affect that. Um, I haven't seen it this, you know, this type of bad in a while, the, the participation. Um, but uh, look, it, it, we go through these trends and it's not, I'm not worried about it too much, but it is a little frustrating to see these larger companies doing well that you, that you think are overvalued. Um, uh, and it, but you know, Hey, that's it, it, still working and it's going to create opportunity for us. Um, so yeah, that's part of the reason I think that I think a little bit what's going on too is um, the dark stock um, kind of stuff going on now with the new environment we're heading into with um, the, the SEC uh, putting with rule 211. Is that what it is? Or what's, yeah. what's the, is it that number? Yeah. So, um, and we've talked about that already on one of your roundtables and how um, if, if you're a OTC listed company and you're not keeping up to your, with your financials uh, on OTC markets, that um, you're not going to be able to quote it uh, on brokerage firms. So you won't basically, you know, you'll trade them. And I think what's happened there a little bit is even, even though it's the rule is intended to to be um, uh, targeted towards these dark companies that haven't really been reporting their numbers for a long time. I think it's kind of affecting a lot of the OTC market in general because of misconceptions. And I'll, t- and I'll tell you why. Um, so I, you know, every, every month at GEO, at the end of every month, uh, we do this open forum where we, um, we spend an hour or so talking about the whole month uh, geo outreaches coverage, new stuff we've been doing, and just the just the sentiment of the market. And I got I you know received the, it's a live call. We, I received a question from one of our members um, who was asking about a particular stock that's in our um, coverage universe that we like a lot. It's an OTC company, and um, they actually filed with that's with the SEC. Um, his question was, well, you know, um, when the rule goes into effect, um, you know, this is going to affect my company, right? And it's not, you know, so that's, that's, it's, it's because they report file, you know, we report financial with the SEC. Um, it's not going to affect it at all, but there's this, I think there's this broad brush right now, right. Going on with a, a lot of people that, uh, and even maybe the brokerage firms don't understand what's going on necessarily. And there's some confusion there too. That just, it's just, I think there's, it's causing some trepidation across the whole entire OTC space. That's just a thought I had. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm hopeful that as, we come out of that whole environment and and end of September and then I think more more, becomes more clear. And as we educate investors more on these kind of podcasts and 
uh, more what you're doing, Bobby, that will educate more uh, individuals on that is, you know, which companies uh, will and will not be affected by this. Um, but overall, I think, and I think Jan agrees with me that this whole um, is, is creating opportunity again in this, this whole kind of weakness. We're already starting to see some insider buying come in on some of these, uh, some great companies that, uh, that we think um, are out there that we own actually that in our coverage universe. And that's usually a great sign for us to go in and start feeling a little better about maybe the bottom of, um, you know, this weak trend. Um, so we like that a lot. And um, it's just going to create a lot of opportunity to go in there and buy companies that maybe um, we think are going to uplist the, uh, uplist the, you know, the NASDAQ or come out of the dark, for example, and start becoming reporting companies. And you're already starting to see some interesting companies um, that are really um, increasing, high, uh, uh, increasing in value pretty uh, tremendously uh, that are coming out of the dark or hinting at it at least. And some of them are really just, you know, not solid companies moving like that. So uh, we're really hopeful that there'll be some quality companies to buy out of that whole kind of um, carnage and everything. So that's, you know, one thing I, you know, Jan's working out, as you know, Jan, I, I don't know, Jan had his, uh, the best, uh, has a, his own product um, where he does an extensive coverage in the OTC market and dark stock. So together we're going through these companies to try and find some opportunity to be able to like um, um, really maybe um, get a, once in a chance lifetime opportunity here to buy some stocks that are really cheap on the OTC that are getting um, dinged for no reason. You know, we've kind of spent, I'm, so, I'm really upset at the rule. I think it's, I think it's done for the wrong reasons. Um, but at, at some point we got to stop being upset and start trying to find the opportunity. And I think there's gonna be a lot of it in the space. So Jan, maybe you can interject what you're thinking yeah. about right now. I mean, I think that, um, you know, coming to what you said, uh, alas, is, you know, I, I think a lot of the people that used to hunt in the space are also, or, or just, you know, still own the positions in the dark stock. They're unsure what to do. So, you know, I've talked to Dan Schum recently, uh, you know, who's, who's a, you know, who's a preeminent blogger of the dark space, so to speak, uh, you know, uh, uh, one of the two or whatever, how many are, uh, are there. But basically, you know, I talked to him, he was frustrated because he didn't know what to do with the brokers, right? So there's no solution for, for these stocks so far. And, 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 and that didn't really change. So I think, um, you know, um, uh, first, the confusion will, you know, you know, be, be there after 28 as well, I think, to an extent. So, again, that will affect some of the stocks. Uh, you know, people not really knowing whether they can or whether they can't hold it and things like that. Um, and I think that that's, that's really where, you know, where the companies that going that are going to be current, that's, you know, that's going to be interesting uh, for, for them and for people who are looking into this stuff, because I think that that will, that will create opportunities. Um, I think also that people that used to do dark stocks on the retail level, let's say, you know, I don't know, 100,000 to a million dollar portfolio doing their kind of research, uh, you know, and, or following people in the space and things like that. I think they will be actually more inclined to do some of the more regular stuff, let's say less obscure stuff, because I mean, now the dark stocks are going to be, they, that's, you know, that's obscure times to uh, what's going to happen. So for a lot of the people, it might not be actually comfortable uh, to continue hunting in the space. So I think people will start to look around, hey, maybe, you know, I, I can look at some of the other stuff. So I think that can also help. Um, you know the the general uh, 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 general market in this, in the sector, and I think yeah, just you know generally speaking, it will it will always be obscure. People will always ask questions about you know what's going on, 
And, you know, uh, we certainly can find that now happening. And I think it will, it will certainly create some opportunities there. That's for sure. I mean, like from the, you know, database that I have about 400 companies of about 400 kind of interesting OTC companies, you know, I'm seeing prices that I haven't seen for a long time. So, uh, uh, you know, there's certainly some value, uh, value there, both in the companies that will stay dark and probably that will, uh, you know, will uplist, uh, so to speak, and will uh, go current, or even in the, as Marge mentioned, the SEC listed ones uh, or SEC reporting ones where, you know, people are getting a bit confused about what's happening in the OTC. So definitely, uh, definitely that, yeah, and the, and the dark stuff. And you're, and you're actually seeing, I was talking to a, a friend of mine, an institutional, um, he, he runs a fund and, you know, he owns some dark stocks and um, I think he had an account, some of his accounts were at maybe Schwab and you know, they already had that list out that, you know, you had to start selling these stocks or you couldn't, you know, you won't be able to buy them anymore. And they were encouraging him to sell them. So for no reason other than, and, and some of these companies were, we had, were really great companies yeah. uh, and are going to probably go reporting. So that's, you know, just causing really some problems for some, but an opportunity for those of us who can buy these stocks or who want to buy them at some point. So. Sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, like the solution will always be there uh, at some point, you know, in, in some way or another. So uh, it just takes time to, you know, get get through there and, and do the research. And once we do the research, we will, we will see it through. And, you know, it's just temporary situation, even though rule is, you know, certainly not what it's supposed to be, but um, uh, but at the end of the day, there will be always a solution. So uh, it just takes time and mm-hmm. that creates the opportunity. Yeah, my favorite spot to look right now is these, these uh, dark stocks that are partially there already, right? They're getting there and they're still, they're getting, they're getting, they're getting dinged. So I'm trying, we're trying to buy some of those now while we can, you know, um, a little easier just to get some, just to get some exposure to them, you know, before they become fully current. Um, and that to me sounds really nice. Um, Oh, Bob, you want some symbols, huh? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm curious, you know, like, I mean, like which, which I mean, you know, you don't have to obviously disclose whether you're a shareholder or not, but uh, which one? Geoinvestment.com. You can go find them out. Yeah. But, you know, I give, like, give some people, give some people a taste. Right, yeah, a lot, yeah. I don't, yeah. But I've, you know, the, the problem with doing that now, the Bobby's got, we're taking these preliminary uh, positions in them, but we haven't done like the deep dive diligence. I got you. Okay. We're talking about here, but gotcha. we will continue to do it. So I'm a lot, I'm a lot like I'll buy first and then ask, ask questions and move on. So it's, you know, they're small positions, but yeah, as we do more research, we'll definitely share them, um, you know, more and more. So, so here, how about this? I mean, what, what, what are ways in which some folks that are listening to this can find more information on whether or not some of these dark stocks are hinting what that they're going to go, you know, uh, not be dark anymore. You know, like what, what are some things that they can look for? Uh, what are some hints you've seen? Uh, you know, maybe, we, maybe we can help educate folks that way. Yeah. So well, you know, I'm working on a project with you on right now about on, on maybe um, I'm providing clarity on that. But for example, you know, you just, it's just a lot of this grunt work. I mean, the OTC will have a list of all the stocks that are dark, right? Um, and then it's basically a lot of times going one by one, looking if there's any press releases. You know, a, a good tell might be, for example, if they're already reporting information on their website. So maybe there's an intention for them that they, they're, they're doing that. Maybe they will just take that and put up, you know, be, expand upon that and put them on the, um, uh, on the OTC markets. 
And then you have looking at pressure release flow. The pressure release flow not, not, might not be on the usual wires or on OTC markets. You might have to go to their website too and you kind of see how the narrative of the management team is. Really, about to, a lot of it, it's about just feeling out management as they're putting the releases out. If we call them and they answer us and you know, answer the phone and talk to us, that could be a sign. You know, a lot of it's like that, but um, just, you know, just kind of seeing, you know, if you're able to see a lot of these companies have maybe communicated in years and now they're starting to talk a little bit. So that's a little tell, right? But, you know, the, the easiest tell, obviously, is if they already start reporting financials on the OTC, right? And they, they're not quite current yet, but they're getting there. Um, that's kind of things we're doing, you know, and um, how, how we're kind of dissecting it. So we're putting in a little group. We're putting in in groups. Here's the here's a dark stock list. Here's the stocks that are partially kind of reporting. Here's a list of stocks that are SEC reporting by getting hit by the market. And we're trying to go through that and see if there's an opportunity. I mean, what's the percentage that you've seen um, so far? Maybe I'll go to Jan on this one. Like, what's the percentage that you've seen so far of the ones of the companies that are within your investable universe that are giving indications that it looks like they're gonna they're gonna be fully reporting. I mean, it's a it's a smaller percentage. It's like you know maybe a hundred, two hundred stocks or so in the process. Uh, you know, um, like it's not been it it hasn't been that that many. I mean, I I still didn't go through the whole list to make sure, but a lot of them are just. A lot of the dark stocks that are, you know, going to seize reporting for sure. And there, there will be no quotes. A lot of the times it's shells, shell companies, you know, th there's nothing really going on. The handful of companies that, you know, are operating and have a business and, and kind of you can reach out to them. You know, um, I think um, uh, um, some of them will, will surely want to stay, uh, you know, kind of reporting. And yeah, they might just take the financials from the website and give it to the odcmarkets.com. But um, but some of them also, you know, will will just be happy to stay dark, and you know, they will finally get rid of the public shareholders, you know, asking the the, the pesky questions. So I think well, I think a great thing is to ask the management, you know, just try to call them and say like, hey, what was your thought on this? Like, there's a there's a stock I can buy, you know. So just ask them. I think that's really uh, that's a really good way of of starting. No comment. Click. Just <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I certainly had that before, so uh, you know that, that goes on the red list. We're looking at what was, what it gets frustrating though is like when it looks like they want to come out of the dark and they're they still get back to. There's one right now we're looking at which is selling at every. I mean, I think it's a price of sales of maybe twenty three or uh, really twenty three point four profitable. I think it's like a PE of five maybe. Um, doubled revenue or I think at least uh, in the last quarter. We're close to it, and it's just you know I want to buy a lot of it, but they're not getting back to me. So you're just trying to figure out you know what to do with that situation. <laughs> but we know they're going to come out probably. Um, but that's you know, like that's kind of what we're looking. We're seeing these. We're trying to look at these stocks with these really low valuations. And you know even at some point, guys, like even if the stock is not going to come out of the dark, if they just get cheap enough, it's I think it's worth taking a stab at them because there's going to be some level of investor that will recognize that value. Go in the you know uh, and try and go in the, the dark pool or the, the gray market and buy these stocks. Um, so at some point they just get too cheap. Like the ones that they'll be interesting are the ones that get really cheap. They aren't going to come out of the dark, but I'm still going to report financials on their website. Um, so you have and, you, know, you have an idea what's going on. Um, and they might be good pro maybe good takeover candidates one day. Maybe they go private at some point. And if you get them cheap enough, you can still make some money in that situation. Yeah, sure. 
What, what would you say has been the number one or, or the or the main questions or misconceptions that your your membership has has brought up to you when it comes to dark stocks? Like what what like what what because you clearly look at them, you know, you're continuing to look at them. So how, how do you answer that? And what you know, what what are some of them? I, I think it really it's it's just the if you're OTC, regardless of anything else, you know, there, there's, this, there's there is a misconception by some investors that they're going to fall under 211, the rule. And, you know, they don't understand it necessarily the whole the whole thing. They just think it's OTC, a broad brush, and that's it. So um, I didn't think that was really an issue until I started getting questions on it from GEO members. So that started to tell me, okay, there's definitely some trepidness to, to, to buy some of these stocks right now. Um, so that's really the main thing I've kind of gotten. Got it. I mean, is it, because this might be a dumb question, but you know me, I love asking dumb questions. Um, I mean, is it is it the trepidation of like some of these companies where their primary listing is, let's say in Canada or Australia, and their secondary listing is still on the pinks, you know, and like, is it is it fear of, of buying those? Or, or I, it sounds like it's across the board, but, you know, is that most of the education on that front? First of all, there are no stupid questions, just stupid answers, by the way. So that would be you know, my my problem if <laughs> it was an issue here. <laughs> no, your question is good. You know, it's really broadly. So I think you know, the questions I've gotten, you know, it's, I have a, the, these are OTC companies that you're investing, you know, or that I own these OTC stocks. Um, it looks like they're going to be affected by the rule. And most of them aren't going to be that, that we cover. Um, so there's just that. I think it's a broad stroke, uh, Bobby. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. I mean, is there, is there anything else we're missing when it comes to dark stocks and misconceptions and maybe some things, uh, more things for investors to look forward to? I mean, basically, it's just kind of waiting to the end of the month and seeing which one's doing, which one's done. It's almost like waiting for like a, for the college athletes or the high school athletes when they commit to the various uh, schools or if they're, they're you know, going to go to Australia or something. I don't know. That's what it kind of feels like. Yeah, no, I don't have anything I'd add. But. <laughs> Nothing to add. Just, just come to us, and we'll we all we will help you out. If you need help in the space, just come to us. Yeah, we're 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 mining the space, and you know, good thing about having you on here is that he's been doing this for like the last several years, so he's got to step ahead of the, of, of the pack here. I think a little bit. Very good. All right. So, uh, is there also when it comes to the summer rewind? I mean, is there anything else uh, that we should talk about? Any other trends? Uh, that we're seeing. I mean, I know there's some China stuff going on and, um, you know, they're continuing to sh- restrict more and more things uh, <laughs> in general. So, I mean, uh, do we want to touch on that for a sec? Yeah, look, I mean, there's, I don't want to talk about China too much, but look, and there's, everyone seems, everyone wants to be an expert in the space and think they can figure it out. And, you know, this the China stock's been falling for the last several months um, as, as government regulation in China starts to basically, um, Perviate across different industries, um, restricting how the companies can compete, and um, and you know and what they're able to you know, service they're allowed to offer, who they're allowed to offer them to. You had them step in in the educational market. Uh, they stepped up in the you know now the video video game market, um, basically you know uh, restricting access to I think um, uh, minors, for example, or how long you can actually the kids can actually um, you know be, be on video games. So, you know, these are, it, it seems like all these little boilerplate risks uh, that were in these SEC filings for years, you know, are starting to come true a little bit. 
you know, so the, the, it would, the, all these Chinese companies would come public and they would say in their risk, hey, they're saying, oh, we're, we think we're doing things legally, but we're not quite sure. We have our lawyers that say we can do them legally. I mean, but, you know, the other lawyers are saying, you probably can't, but, you know, you've been warned. <laughs> you know, here's, a way, here's our weird corporate structure that we use to get around going public in the U.S. You don't have a right to the cash flows. Shouldn't really be an issue. So all these things are starting to happen, right? And um, they're just starting to kind of come out of the woodworks. And look, I, I think you have a case for you know being a bear or a bull on this thing. You don't still know where China's going to when they're going to where they're going to end up on this thing uh, in the end, and when it stops, right? And they're going industry by industry to some degree. Um, they're concerned about security of information, like you know, this, so a lot of these Chinese companies that went public in the U.S. You know, there's inf- sensitive information that's being kind of like maybe shared. Uh, so um, they, I think in the end, they want to make it a, a um, uh, part of their thing is that they're going to give investors a little more uh, comfort at some point. Like they're going to, they're going to regulate. It's going to be over. So we'll, we'll all know what the, what the playing field is going to look like. But I don't think we're there yet. You know, we don't know what it's going to look like. So um I don't know when it ends, but I do know this, that there's going to obviously probably be opportunity at some point. So we're going to start doing here was potentially start pulling filings in China, uh, the financial filings and start comparing them to the SEC filings to see where if some, if some great companies in China got hit that we want to, that we want to go and buy. Um, we're only considering, I'm not quite sure I want to go there yet, but I at least want to know if I have a fighting chance some of these companies at some point, if they get cheap enough. Um, so that's what we'll be doing um, for ne- um, maybe the next several weeks or months as, as it continues to unfold. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to add anything there or. Uh... No, I, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, like exactly right. I mean, there's always the governmental risk there. Right. And you just don't know what's going to happen. And, and they've, you know, they've been completely, un, you know, not transparent that I mean, people who buy Baba, I mean, like I really, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, you're buying, you're buying, uh, you know, something that you really don't have any sort of insight into. And I think that that's, you know, Maj is always about edge, right? Maj has an edge, you know, in, in the micro cap space, he knows what the edge is and he's just trying to exploit the edge the most. If people have an edge on the Chinese politics, I mean, good for you. You can exploit that edge, but do I have that edge? Do, do, do the average U.S. retail investor have an edge in Chinese politics? I'm not really sure. So I think I would just say that, you know, like, you know, be careful with the edge and just try to explore what you know. And, and, and I think that that's, yeah, that, that's, um, you know, it's, it's uh, so many uncertain, you know, factors inside that, you know, who knows? I mean, China's, China's hard and investing in these China is hard enough in a good environment, right? So, for sure. you know, now it's like, and, and we've had this debate with some, you know, some people who are bullish on China, like, oh, this is, get, they're getting cheap enough and they're getting, it's time to go in. And then they look right for two days and then, then they hit newer lows. So, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to play that game right now, but I want to be yeah. ready in case I want to be involved in it. Yeah, I don't know. I, the, you know, Jan, Jan brought up an interesting point. It's like you want to find your edge. It's like, is there any average investor inside or outside China that <laughs> has an edge in what's going on in China politics? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, but anyways, want to transition now. Um, we're kind of wrapping up on this episode. Uh, we kind of did our summer rewind, went through some of the misconceptions going on dark stocks. We're going to be, we'll be chatting more, especially about dark stocks as we get closer to the uh, deadline date. Um, but uh, I, I think now is a good time to, to chat about some of the things you got coming up at Geo Investing, Maj. So you want to uh, go through some of those things? 
Yeah, well, because we we see the market pulling, you know, sentiment weak in the nano cap area, we're really being more aggressive now, looking for some great ideas, trying to obviously find the better quality ideas when we're in these kind of markets. Uh, we're looking at insider buying trends. Um, we're looking at companies that reported great second quarter numbers that went down or didn't react great to the numbers. Um, and look, we're, we're reading more conference call transcripts to see if there's any insights in those transcripts that are not portrayed in the press releases of, of the earnings reports. We're finding an incredible list of companies, not only in the U.S., by the way, we started, I'm starting to look at some really interesting Canadian companies. So um, that's really nice. So that's, we're going to keep doing that. Um, and uh, we launched our, our 10th biome, we call it biome pullback model portfolio, which are uh, model portfolios that um, take advantage of market weakness. So we go there and we put about anywhere from five to 10 stocks in these portfolios um, where we saw these stocks decline really hard on great numbers or haven't reacted enough. And um, they've done really great for us all, like all nine of them so far. So our, I think well, eight out of nine did really good. Um, so um, really excited about that. We just launched that one. Um, so we're going to talk about RVP a little more. Jan and I are going to have a discussion on that. Uh, so there was a short report written <laughs> on, on RVP. Uh, who was it by um, again, Jan? Who, who did the short piece? It was Bear, it was Bear, uh, not Bear, sorry, um, uh, Bleecker Street Researches. Uh, this, uh, this guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Droth. There you go. Right. And I think Barricade was actually bearish on RVP Lilla too. And then, um, I, th- I think he just wrote, a, oh, yeah, maybe he just wrote a bit about it. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, the main report came out by, uh, by yeah. And some of the, some of the things that Bleecker wrote about are Bleecker Bleak Street, Bleecker Street. Bleaker, Bleaker Street, yeah. yeah, yeah I Bleaker mean, Street. I think, I hope it's, I'm pronouncing yeah, it right, but yeah, I think it's Bleaker. Okay. Probably is. Well, the bleak makes sense. Um, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot, some of the stuff you talked about was actually in Bear Cave's uh, Twitter kind of feed. Um, so I think he fed off that a little bit. But so well, like, we're going to, we're going to analyze it a little, a little deeper and try and look at his, um, his bearish point of view, you know, from an open kind of um, uh, open-minded situation. We're going to look at where we, where we might agree with him, where we might disagree, where we might disagree with him uh, and uh, try and do it in a very um, polite manner. And um, that's going to be really, really fun to do. We're going to break that down. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, but RVP, just for those that listen that there, they um, make retractable um, uh, syringes, safety syringes. You push a button, the syringe, you know, the needle pops into a casement. Um, it's, they're out there to really, uh, they're addressing really a $2 billion plus worldwide global issue. It is a big, it is a big problem. Um, you know, they want to contract to basically uh, um, be, the, I think, the primary supplier of syringes uh, for COVID-19 vaccinations. And so, the, you know, the concern, we'll talk about, you know, the concern is obviously once, the, once COVID-19 is in the, in the background and that uh, maybe there won't be as many as much need for these vaccinations or maybe they won't get the government contract again so we're going to break that down on a podcast um and what that means and then also this one will excite you uh robert we're going to interview the ceo of uh, cryocell <laughs> ccel the symbol he's literally yeah. only saying that. i'm not a shareholder he's only saying that because i'm a customer so yeah <laughs> of course well, yeah, well, that was great. You, you finally chimed in when we talked about stock because you get our geo emails. You finally chimed in on the stock when you saw we're running about CCL. <laughs> CC, 
Oh, by the way, I do own RBP. I should disclose that. And I do own CCEL. CCEL is a uh, umbilical cord stem cell bank. Uh, and uh, they, um, it's a really interesting company uh, where the insiders have been buying stock for years. It's just, you know, a boring little company. It's been growing a little bit here and there. It's a high, rec- high recurring uh, revenue um, business. Uh, just um, entered into a deal not too long ago that with Duke University that will help them maybe transform the business into, um, to basically start actually um, uh, opening clinics using um, um, some of Duke's IP. Duke is a, as a, as a pioneer or maybe a leader in stem cell research. Uh, and, um, you know, I guess what's going to happen here in this partnership is that um, RBP is going to get, had to pay for this, obviously, but they're going to get access to the IP to be able to um, use. You mean CCL. CCL is yeah. yeah, to Duke, you know, and, and um, uh, these clinics are going to be you know, using CCCL's stem cells uh, based on, um, you know, Duke's kind of uh, IP. And so it's in the, so, you know, if you take the company right now, they're doing about maybe 30 million in revenue, maybe, I think. Uh, on this, on the legacy business, they're projecting the clinics going to bring about, you know, when, when it's up and running by the beginning of next year, about 24 million in revenue a year. So it's a pretty interesting thing. Now there's more risk than the model because now they become kind of a biotechish company, you know, stem cell therapies can be controversial. So we're going to break all that down uh, with the CEO. It's the first time he's, he just recently came out of the, the dark and talking to the investors from, uh, he did a presentation on OTC markets, which was really nice. I encourage you all to watch that. And we're going to bring him on Geo to expand upon that presentation and really go through a deep dive into the company. Um, so this could be an interesting company where you have a lot of recurring revenue. Um, you have, you know, another $24 million revenue just from one clinic on a few procedures. As more procedures get, you know, approval over the years uh, through the Duke relationship, that $24 million can go up significantly in value potentially. So do you wanting- think do you think that's the, where where their continued value is going to come from? I mean, I got to tell you, is from the customer experience I had, if they, I mean, if they train all these hospitals the way that they train the nursing staff that talk to us when we were in that, because basically what happens is for us, you know, you have your you have your baby, you're in like the most euphoric moment of your life, and within an hour they have uh, the nurse come in and say, hey, um, do you want to save? the umbilical cord information. Luckily my wife's a nurse. So she was, she understood immediately what was happening. So maybe that helped a little bit in our decision process. And I was like, yeah, sure. Fine. Of course. Well, you know, because it's almost like an insurance policy in some, in some ways. And then, and then, you know, every year, then you pay an annual fee for them for, for upkeep, basically, you know, I, I mean, it, I don't know. I, it just seems like the more hospitals they reach to the more, um, and, and the more quality of training that they do, like that's the recurring side of that. Look, I, it's a no brainer, right? Like, and I, I don't, and I don't know how long I'll, I could be paying that for years. I probably will be paying that for years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, how, you're right. And then you know, the, the, the revenue is recurring state and stable. I just don't know. Um, you know. It's a lot of it depends on the growth. It depends on, you know, more people wanting to do it and then, and the birth rates. Right. And I don't think, Mm. making babies is a high growth rate industry, but, but maybe getting more people to oh, COVID was pretty active. <laughs> yeah. Maybe my entire friend, divorces and, birth, divorces right and babies, right. in COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I think though, but the, the, 
the clinic kind of gives them a sexier type of biotech type of look to it, which increases the risk too, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, so we'll have to invest in this. Um, gotta love the, gotta love the chairman CEO's name, by the way. I, 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 I know. I, can, I threw me for I a word. Dave <laughs> Portney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What he's a day before you see yo crash on that? What's going on? Like, what the hell? He's he's not running a biotech. I thought he was a barstool guy. He's actually here in Miami or, or North Miami, North Miami. I'm gonna go down oh, and okay. have a beer with him uh, next next week, probably. Um, and by the way, I did have a stem shell sot in my knee. I did go to a clinic. I don't know if it was all kosher or not, but uh <laughs> after my discussion with David, you know, I had with him last week or two weeks ago, he's like you know what, you know, that might not be a real stem cell you got. You should go check it out. So. You know, you got you to gotta go to Germany, man. That's where the real stem cell. That's... Well, was it Germany or was it Mexico? Where did, where did, I, was where thought, did I... I was thought, I remember Kobe, didn't Kobe go to Germany? I thought Kobe went to Germany for his, for his uh, knee. Yeah. I thought Eli Manning went to Mexico. I don't know, maybe it's Germany, yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, that would have okay. been my next trip. I got, believe me, I got my neck, my back, my hip. I got other places I can experiment <laughs> on too, besides my knee. <laughs> So we have bionic the 600 million the bionic man soon. <laughs> so like, robot. like I could just see you on the tennis court just like trying to like, I'll be 120 <laughs> man whooping your ass in tennis. That yeah. actually would probably be true. <laughs> all right, cool. All right, that's that's it, man. That's all I look forward to that. That's all happening. Um we'll definitely CC uh is happening next week. I think is it Tuesday, Tuesday at 4 15. We better get this pot out soon, then, huh? Yeah, it's probably yeah. Gonna... <laughs> get it on Monday. Yeah, we better get this out Monday. Yeah, this is ready, <laughs> ready to go. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe maybe RBP next week. If we have some time, we'll do it to you. But I want to talk to you sure. more about how that looks. Sure, like. I would just like to. I was just like to add to the BOP thing to buy on pullback model portfolio. You know, so my said we we have a new one out. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's really interesting. And I would just like to add that you know the, in the past uh, ones. They were on average about eight months. So basically, like we, we track the weakness, you know, and then we see something going down. So we, we suggest a, 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 a kind of this model portfolio of stocks that, you know, we really like, but maybe didn't get the love as, as they should. And then we kind of track them and maybe close the portfolio after a while. It's on average like eight months. And basically the outperformance of the SAP 500 was like 30% in those eight months. So uh, that's been really good. These these tra- these records are basically accurate as of March 2021 for Q investing model portfolios, which you can see as a subscriber. So I just thought that that's really that's really something that we are looking forward to in the next one. You know, at least 30 percent, which is really good. Which so nice, in yeah. the past they were really were, worked out really well. So that, that's just what I wanted to. Yeah, you know, that's, that's and you know the thing is cool is that even though we're long term investors here most for the most part when we look for opportunity. We introduced the model portfolio because we wanted to give some a little shorter term opportunity for um, us to take a look at some things. And that's why I like this one, too, because it gives us a little fun in the short term as we're waiting for our long term stuff to kind of to pan out a little bit. Um, and let me see. I can pull it up right now here. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it now. We got it's actually up a little bit. We launched it on what, uh, August 17th. And we're already we're pretty nicely in most returns on on, 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 let's see, one, two, three, four, five, three out of the five are up pretty nice already. So, yeah, so it's looking good. All right, man. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks. All right. Well, well, guys, give, uh, before, before we uh, get out, give some plugs. Yeah. So I'm at, um, my Twitter handle is at Maj Geo Investing. Uh, Geo Investing's Twitter handle is at Geo Investing. I uh, really encourage you to follow those Twitter handles because we do a lot of interesting tweets there, educational, and maybe sometimes give a pitch out, pitch on them. 
Um, you can follow geo at geomessing.com. Um, you can go there and give us your email and you'll start receiving some information once in a while from us. We don't kill you with a lot of emails. You can subscribe to Geo Investing. We have a monthly subscription for $59.99. We have a biannual subscription for $2.99. And we have a, um, a yearly for $4.79. Um, and that's really um, it about from Geo. So you can also email Geo at uh, support at geoinvesting.com. Or you can email me directly at maj at geoinvesting.com. I'll throw over Jan where they can find Jan. Sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter with my name. Uh, not really posting much, but I'm certainly, you know, have my DMs open, as they say. So uh, if everyone, anyone wants, you know, to ask any kind of questions or dark stocks, microcaps or something like that, feel free to reach out to me there. I guess that's the, uh, that's the best one. Otherwise, really follow Maj. Uh, you know, that's that's the key goal. Like, I mean, I stopped doing my own research and you know, I do a lot of my own research. Now I just follow much and I'm happy. <laughs> well, then I follow you on so we're in trouble. We're not getting anything done. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah our our pipeline is so huge right now. I don't know what to do, man. It's, it's, it's going to overwhelm me again. Yeah, we'll it's big. Through it. yeah. Good stuff, guys. Well, and uh, everybody listening, uh, if you're happen to be listening right now, you, that's half the battle you were able to find uh, avoiding the crowd. It's available wherever podcasts are streaming, both audio and the YouTube version is on the SNN Network YouTube channel, SNN, uh, which is youtube.com slash SNN Wire. And uh, with that, uh, Maj, Jan, it's been a pleasure. Let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, uh, let's schedule the, the next one already. Should we book a time now? I think we should. But uh, let's book it and change it then because you know it's going to yeah. happen. Of course, that's usually. Right, please just let me know. maybe maybe Maj let me know like earlier than five minutes before the call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it's, only right, like, well, it's only midnight over there where you went. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's when that's right. when they start. That's when the French start eating dinner anyway. So this is he's like sure. he's just giving us a hard time. Yeah. Sure. A, All right, guys. All right. Oh, Take care. Bye bye. Take care. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network and Maj Don are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy, sell, short, cover securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value if we are long and fall if we are short. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast.